Neighbors have some concerns about the 119 short-term rentals in La Crosse and whether that number will continue to grow and what happens when we, uh, the city of La Crosse continues to lose population, loss of revenue for school taxes, uh, getting a, a full tax dollars used, the sales and room tax. Uh, there are a number of things that have uh, neighbors, uh, residents in the city of La Crosse concerned. One of them I have spoken to a couple of times and going to speak to him again. Joe Leinfelder, good morning. You're not just a grumpy old man, are you, that doesn't like change in the neighborhood? Who the hell are you and why are you on my grass? That's not you. No, is I was it? actually no. I was actually told several years ago that change is inevitable, and you've got to work around it. Um, and you know that's how you have to look at anything nowadays in the world to make sure that you do what's right for for everybody in in some regard to do it do it the right way. You don't think the city is taking full consideration uh, when they approve uh, additional uh, short term rentals, but do you? Well, first of all, there's no real set registration right now for the city. That's what we're working through with the uh, with the JNA JNA folks. Uh, you know, to put something together that that we know where they are and they're registered. They follow the rules that we put into play. That that's the big step that we're right now in the process of. Um, and, and I do believe that from getting involved, that this has been kind of a fast track. Hey, let's figure out where they are. You know, let's 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 track where they are and see what it's all about, and then from there we'll put some ordinances in play. Well, and kind of like a go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Uh, short-term rentals—they're not trying to hide, are they? I don't want you to know where mine is. Uh, you know, I would hate to just have on the city website here's a here's a big poster with the addresses of all the short-term rentals. In case you have a problem, you can go over there and let them know. You know, doesn't that yeah. just open the door for more problems? Yeah, I would say they're not the smart ones. If you're a business person, you, you definitely don't want to hide. You definitely want to make yeah. sure that you you do it the right way. Um, but you know, right now you look at it just from a county standpoint as well. I mean, how many how many people are operating these without any county uh, reg, reg, regulations as well? So you know, county's a little bit ahead of the time. City's got to do a little bit more work on it because of the density inside of the neighborhoods. Uh, you know, we've got we've got neighbors on top of neighbors. You know, county in some regards has a house, and then six blocks down is another house. So there's a whole lot more to it that needs to be looked at because it's a city. Well, and is if there aren't any problems with that house and then six blocks away another house, if nobody's complained about anybody who's ever short-term rented that, that property, then why is that a problem? And if there aren't any problems, don't make one up, right? Yeah, that's a great question. You look at it, if there isn't a problem, but there is a problem, Mike, and the problem is pretty simple. They we're taking homes out of neighborhoods. We're, we're taking neighbors out of neighborhoods, and that's what this is about. It's You know, you could have an operator, and, and I think you and I have chatted in the past. You might know someone that owns one. You might know someone that's next to one. They might not have problems, but what is the big picture look at what a short-term rental is? There was a Harvard study that basically said short-term rentals are not good for neighborhoods because it it takes takes neighbors out of it. Uh, when someone does come in and buy a short-term rental, it takes that cost up of that house. So it's taking your – one of the things I keep hearing from council members and other people in the city is, you know, there are no affordable homes. Well, there's no affordable homes because homes are being bought up to become short-term rentals. They're also being bought up to become rentals. That's a whole other subject. 
But as that goes on, that's taking that dollar amount up because people are investing in homes as businesses. How, when you and I grew up, and if there was a grocery store next to your house, that was a business in a neighborhood. Right now, you have businesses operating in neighborhoods that do not have, for lack of a better word, a checker or a clerk that checks you out at a store. You have nobody checking people into neighborhoods. So from a security standpoint and a business standpoint inside of a city, that's, that's kind of where we're, you know, what we're looking at. It's, hey, our, our short-term rentals, someone asked me, are you against them? I said, I'm not against them fully, but I'm looking at, well, we've got to put rules in play. You can't have... You can't have them stacked on top of each other in neighborhoods. And we've got to have rules in play there from a density standpoint. We have to have rules in play that neighbors can have some peace of mind that they're not going to have a new new person moving in every single day of the year. Right. So what kind of – I know time is short. We could – I have so many questions. Uh, I have so many questions, Joe. Uh, what would you like the city to do? What kind of uh, rules would you like the city to consider enacting? Well, Chris Woodard, uh, one of our council members, did a, did a deep dive, and he looked at some, some information that Madison has. So, you know, limit the amount of days that they're able to rent it. 180 is what they use in Madison. Uh, if you live there and you're renting a room or you're, and you're living there and you're, and you're moving out, you know, like some of, the, some of the locations you see, you can rent it as many times as you want if you live there. You know, but, it, but 40, about 50, 48 to 50 percent of all short-term rentals are unoccupied homes. So then that leaves a home that's sitting empty where you could have a family in there. So if you look at that as a number, that's got to be cleaned up. Um, be able to self-report. we got to make sure we're getting the right amount of taxes. I mean, they'll tell you they're paying their taxes, and I'm sure they are, but there's no tracking to it, Mike. So self-reporting not only the income you're bringing in, but the taxes that need to be collected uh, for the city. So we do get the room tax, the tourism tax, as they say. We are getting the right amount of sales tax paid. And we can identify down that who's actually paying it. Right now, Airbnb and VRBO are sending blank checks for taxes to the city with no reason or where it came from. You know, as a business person, I need to have an invoice to get something paid. And we're not even getting that out of them. So I think the city council's got to look deeper into what the long-term effects are, how it affects neighbors. And I do understand there are people that own them, and I and I, you know, I've, I've got to know the gentleman across the street from mine. He's a very, very, very good businessman, very professional, and he does kind of see the problems that we see as far as traffic patterns inside of neighborhoods and how they change as as uh, short-term rentals come more and more into play. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen into my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.